Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted that you are able to join us today once again. Now, before we do get into the show, we get the old housework done. First of all, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel if you already haven't, and give us an old share on social media if you can. Now, if you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's a link down below in the description that will take you to a website that shows all the various podcasts players that were available on it's over 20 plus now uh, so if you like to do that just subscribe to one of those feeds and you'll get us every time we are online sorry there was no show yesterday but apparently i actually forgot that it was valentine's day and you know what that means it's the day of love so that's when you have to uh you know do those things as a married man that you have to do for the wife to keep her happy because a happy wife is a happy life Apparently that's the saying anyway. But nevertheless, let's jump into today's show. And we have four news stories for you. And the first one is in relation to migrant workers. They're in the crosshairs for taking up Thai jobs. The Labour Minister has ordered the Department of Employment to swiftly enforce the law against the rising number of migrant workers taking up jobs reserved for Thai citizens. The move follows instructions by Prime Minister Priya Chanacha to closely regulate foreign workers. From October last year to Monday, authorities raided 14,104 workplaces nationwide and found 600 migrant workers violated the reserved job rules. The minister has run checks on 196,000 migrant workers. Out of the 600 workers who had taken up restricted jobs, 264 were from Myanmar, 121 from Cambodia, 97 from Laos. 39 from Vietnam, 51 from India, and 28 from other countries. Now, actually, before we continue this story, 600 out of 194,000, I don't think we have much of a problem, really. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's literally 0.3% of the migrant workers working in this country who are found to be illegal working. Hardly needs uh, to get them in the crosshairs. But anyway, Mr. Suchart warned that migrant workers would be liable for a fine up to 50,000 baht for working without a proper work permit or engaging in restricted jobs. Employers will also be fined up to 100,000 baht for each migrant they employ for allowing them to break the 2017 law governing the management of foreign workers. If the migrants repeat the offence, their employee or employer will face up to a year in jail, a fine of 200,000 baht per migrant or both. They will also be liable for a three-year suspension from employing migrant workers, Mr. Suchart also said. The Employment Department Director General said a ministerial announcement clearly stipulates that migrant workers are prohibited from working in a long list of jobs reserved for Thai citizens, such as being a public transport driver, wood carver or barber. Under the labour-related memorandum of understanding, migrants are limited to doing only two kinds of jobs, namely menial work and selling goods at stores to ensure there is no job scarcity for Thais. Most restricted jobs taken up by migrant workers were street vending, hairdressing, public transport jobs and traditional massage, he said. Last week, immigration police arrested 11 people from Myanmar for illegally selling roti and kebabs on the popular Khaosan Road, a source in the Immigration Bureau Division said. So apparently, yes, a big crackdown needs to be had because they found 0.3% of migrant workers in the country were actually illegally you know, working. Again, this sometimes takes away from the fact, or or maybe, I I don't know, it's just trying to throw smoke up into the fact that maybe they need more migrant workers in the country because it looks to me that there's an awful lot of jobs in this country that are currently available 
where ties are not working at the moment. I'm not exactly sure the reasons behind that. Sometimes it's salary, sometimes it's jobs they just don't want to do. And the long list of jobs that Thai people apparently are, the long list of jobs that are prohibited, right? I think they may need to have a look through these again and start to think, are Thais willing to do these jobs? And if they're not, then it's time to start employing migrant workers to do them if they're not going to. And also pay them a proper living wage, the same as a Thai person would get. And also proper legal rights when they're here in the country, which is another issue I think that, you know, is not being stressed enough over and over again. But nevertheless, I don't think it's a big problem here in Thailand. Um, mainly, I, I see migrant workers where, where I live, mainly in construction, because uh, as the uh, many of the foremen who I've spoken to many, many times have told me, there are no Thai people to do construction work here in this country. But yet a huge population of people, but nobody willing to do it anymore. Nevertheless, we will move on. And there is no room to sway senators. And this is a story coming out of the Bangkok Post. Priyat says, future as PM not in his hands. Prime Minister Priyat Chan-a-Chan Tuesday insisted that he has, is in no position to influence the Senate to endorse him to carry on as PM after the next election. He was speaking after some senators hinted that they would vote for him to return as Prime Minister for another term in the next election. Senator Wanchai Sornsari had said in a recent Facebook post that some senators, including himself, will not be voting for uh, Pentong Tarn, Ung Ing Shinawatra of the Putai Party, who is expected to be nominated as the party's Prime Ministerial candidate in the upcoming election, even if Putai win by a landslide victory. General Priyat said on Tuesday, I cannot control the Senate. Senators have their own personal opinions. Senator Siri has also said, most senators have agreed that they will vote in the same way, not only for General Priyat and General Prawit. Others will also, have to st- will also stand a chance of becoming Prime Minister. The Deputy Prime Minister and the Bumjai Thai Party leader, Anutan Sharvakul, and that's the Health Minister for anybody wondering, said, no one is above a popular mandate. Don't make predictions in advance, he said. The most important thing will happen after the poll. Parliamentarians must act in line with the people's mandate, Mr. Anatan said. The Putai leader said on Monday that Mr. Wanshai's comments violates the rights and freedoms of those who support Putai and Ms. Anda, Ms. Petong Tarn. However, the party does respect the Senate as a whole and still believes the Senate will respect the voice of Putai voters, which would help the party win more than 250 seats in the House, he said. Mr. Wanchai remarked over the weekend simply was an opinion of an individual senator. Should not be generalized as the opinion of all senators, he said. The Constitution gives the Senate and MPs roles in co-electing a prime ministerial candidate in Parliament. After the 2019 general election, the coup appointed 250 senators overwhelmingly voted for General Priyat, who was nominated by the Palang Pacharat Party as Prime Minister. General Priyat is now Prime Ministerial candidate for the United Thai Nation Party, while the PPRP has decided to nominate its party leader and Deputy Prime Minister Priyat Wong Suwan as its Prime Ministerial candidate. So that is in essence what is going on with the future upcoming election so how do we or how do we kind of unwrap this so firstly the senate has a huge role in electing the prime minister here in the country and in fact they're responsible for prime minister prayton shah being in power now these 250 strong senate that's elected is basically made up as a majority of handpicked by the former 
military junta and current prime minister. Basically, they're all generals or people that are on their side. Now, what this one senator has said, I, I would be quite worried in some ways because I would say it like this. His opinion would probably be the opinion of the 250 Senate leaders or Senate uh, senators who have been put there, not elected or anything. They're there based on, you know, their loyalty to the army, the king and the government. And that's really it. The idea that if Putai won a landslide victory and their leader then was not nominated or not confirmed as the prime ministerial candidate or as the prime minister by this group, I would be think would be a shocking ignorance of democracy and would show you really and truly what this government has set up and and kind of how they stacked it in their favour only. Now, Pryor has no right to be prime minister in the next election. His whole party, and based upon something I read very recently, the party that he joined, right, have no policies. They're running on patriotism. That literally is it. Now, if you want to follow, there's a very good CNA reporter, a Thai gentleman. I forget his name right now, but he put it down like this. Is His party have no policies yet. They've announced nothing. All they're running on is patriotism. So why would he be elected? Why would he even be running if he's with a party that couldn't even get enough seats to form a government? This is why I'm very suspicious of what is going to happen in the next election. But put it like this. Is this kind of being set up so that he will be nominated and confirmed by this Senate as the next prime minister? And shunning the vote maybe of a landslide victory for the Putai party. What would that do to the country as a whole? Is this a plan for the army yet again to take over? I doubt that if you're a Putai supporter and you see that they've won the election by a landslide and then suddenly the, the, these guys who've been put in by the old army and the current regime saying, no, no, we're not going to vote for that candidate to be prime minister. No way in hell. We'll vote for somebody else, but not her. They'll be on the streets. And I think we'll be back in the same situation as we were back in 2014. The army coming in to take over again and a repeat of the last five, six, seven, eight years. I just don't understand how it's going to happen that these guys are going to vote for her and put her in as prime minister. It just doesn't seem, I mean, it would be against everything they believe in. But yet again, hard to say this, but Anatan Charvakul, our Mr. Health Minister, he has got a very good point. And what he says is very, very, you know, is true. No one is above a popular mandate. So if the parties, the people of the country, I mean, elect Putai overwhelmingly, then these senators have to respect the vote of the people. And it would be very interesting to see if they actually do that or not. But also, if they don't, what will be the repercussions for this country? I would be also very worried as well, because the last thing Thailand really needs is more political upheaval. We've already, you know, had that in 20, was it 2014, yes, whenever the last coup was. And then we had a number of years where things weren't great here in the country. Things started to get a little bit better. Then we had COVID. And now we're kind of in that recovery stage. And I think the last thing this country needs is more political turmoil. It's hard to see something positive coming in the future from all this because I just don't see it right now. But that's just my opinion as always. And if you listen or read about Thai politics, you can understand the, the venom between the red and the yellow shirts, you know, and, and this whole kind of strange hatred between them both. But nevertheless, that is what's going on right here in Thailand. Now, moving along to the next story of the day. And yes... The tourist fee, the tourist entry fee has been confirmed. 
After nearly two years of talking about it, the cabinet has approved the 300 baht fee for air arrivals and 150 baht for others starting in June. But we'll get to the others in a second. The cabinet on Tuesday endorsed entry fees for international arrivals of 150 and 300 baht to start in June, except for one-day visitors, according to the Tourism and Sports Minister. Piyapat Ratchapakarn said the 300 baht would apply to visitors who arrive by air, and the 150 baht fee was for those entering the country via water and land transport. The fee was cheaper for those arriving by water and land because they were likely to stay in the country for only a few days, the minister said. Visitors who did not stay overnight would be exempted from the fee. The government expect to collect 3.9 billion baht in fees this year and part of the sum will be used to provide health and accident coverage for tourists during their stay in the country. The entry fee will support care for tourists. From 2017 to 2019, foreign tourists used services at public hospitals and that cost the state as much as 300 to 400 million, Mr. Piapat said. The entry fee, widely criticised by the local tourism industry, comes as the country is witnessing a rapid upturn in arrivals that has gained momentum with the abolition of pandemic-era curbs and China's move to its end its zero-COVID policy. Foreign tourist arrivals may reach as high as 30 million this year, almost tripling from 11.2 million last year, according to some estimates. Arrivals in pre-pandemic 2019 were at a record high 40 million. Authorities have considered an entry fee for foreign and travellers, but its imposition was delayed by the pandemic. As part of the fee will also help fund the development of local tourist attractions, Mr. Piapat said. The levy will be added to air ticket prices, while the method of collection from entry by land has yet to be determined. Wutachai Luang Amalanat, Managing Director of CM Park City, the operator of CM Amazing Park in Bangkok, said he welcomed the move, but added that the collection of the fees and strict control of its use must be ensured to avoid any problems that may arise in the future. So the 300 baht will start June 1. It says it's going to be applied as a, it's going to be applied on your ticket. So I don't know how they're going to differentiate between a Thai citizen, a tourist, Work per- permit holders are exempt from paying it as well. So I don't know how they plan to do this. It'll be really interesting to see exactly how it's going to be how it's going to be done. Now there was talk before or during the pandemic that as you're booking, and if you're booking to Thailand before you would get to the final payment, you'd be taken to a website, paid a fee, and then you'd be brought back to let's say Emirates, for example, and finish out your checkout, confirming that you have paid the fee. I'm not 100% sure how it's going to work. It seems to me still very messy. 300 baht, in fairness, but the way ticket prices are at the moment won't be noticed that much. I mean, they're up and down like a yo-yo every day. Now, as I plan to take a holiday this year and go back to Ireland for a couple of weeks, I'll be monitoring the air prices. And literally, they're up and down by a couple of thousand baht every day. I mean, you couldn't keep track of them most days. So, yeah, would I notice 300 baht on the end of my ticket? Probably not. Will it affect me and cause me to decide not to go and come back again? Absolutely not. And I think that would be the same for many, many people. I mean, lots of countries have tourist fees and you don't know about it half the time, you know. I always find out that Ireland has all these different kind of things, you know, after I've complained about Thailand doing it and find Discover they actually do a lot of the same thing too. And I'm not just talking about tourist fees, but, you know, other kind of visa things and, and stuff like that. So in essence... I don't think it's going to be a huge imposition to anybody. I don't think anybody's going to go, I'm not going to Thailand because I have to pay 300 baht entry to get into the country. I mean, it costs more to get into a national park here. So there you go. But the thing will be this insurance for foreigners that they're talking about. No details have been released about it. So exactly 
what would be covered, how much would be covered, how, what kind of hospital do you have to go to a private hospital, how it goes about, how do you prove that you've paid the fee? I guess by you being in the country, I guess you'd be proving that you've paid the fee. I'm not really sure. It sounds like it's a bit of, and then of course the rest of the money would be going towards the sustainability building, they say, disabled toilets at national parks and all this other kind of thing and upgrading tourist attractions and stuff like this. But then I think, hmm, will they really spend the money on that? We've just had the scandal where the chief of the national parks in Thailand was sacked for basically, you know, funneling all this money from the national parks into his own pocket. And actually, he got caught because basically he didn't funnel enough. He didn't divide out the corrupt money amongst his staff and one of them dobbed him in basically and that's what happened to him. So, you know, when you go, you hear about there's two price Thailand where there's one price for Thais and one price for foreigners. Well, let me tell you, the price for the foreigners seems to have been going into the pockets of the fat cats. And, and that's exactly what's been happening. So my fear, of course, would be, and I think the fear of obviously uh, tourist operators here in the country would be that this money is going to just disappear and never make it to where it has to be. I mean, a bit like, let's talk about quickly, Turkey, for example. Turkey has a earthquake fee that goes on the end, uh, is on their mobile phone bills. And this money is meant to be in like, you know, in case there's an earthquake, a devastation, you know, a, a tragedy, that this money can be used to help during this time. But, you know, they've had these horrendous earthquakes in Turkey last week, and now everybody's asking, where's that money? And it doesn't seem to really exist. So I think Thailand doesn't want to get into that kind of situation either. It needs to be transparent what it's being built, what, what the money is being used for. And I think if they do that, people would, and see improvements in tourist attractions, you know, where you go into a national park or you go in somewhere and they have nice facilities, you know, not a hole in the ground. And they're saying, there you go. That's what you get for your money around here. I think people will be fine with it. Though I have seen a lot of Thai people also complain about this as well, um, saying that they think it's going to put off tourists coming to Thailand. For me, I don't think. I think that's a bit of a nonsense. But I leave it up to you guys. What do you think? 300 baht going to make a difference to you? Is it going to put you off traveling to Thailand? Is it going to put you off going, let's say, home and coming back again? I'd love to know your opinion, as always, guys, down in that comment section. And the final story of today, Patong in Phuket police warn of credit card thieves. Police are trying to track down a foreign man and his accomplice for stealing tourist credit cards to buy valuable items, including iPhones and gold jewelry. Police have issued a photo of the man with a description that he was of Asian appearance and usually wore a white cap and black sneakers and carried a black shoulder bag. What a description of a guy. Literally, I'm looking at the picture online right now and their, their photo that they've issued is a guy with a white cap on wearing a face mask and he's got black runners and a black i mean seriously this this is this is how they think they're going to catch the guy the man had presented stolen credit cards to buy items and usually presented a fake american passport as identification he had bought five iphones and gold jewelry worth more than 120,000 baht police said police uh, believe the man is part of a gang working together the man would often arrive at a store just before it is about to close for the day in order to take advantage of staff wanting to rush so they could leave work. He would present a fake passport with the name and surname corresponding to the stolen credit cards, police said. Police issuing a warning for all store, store owners and especially department stores to beware, that the man, beware of the man entering their store. The warning came in a notice marked and issued by Phuket Provincial Police on January 29th, but so far has only been issued publicly by Patong Police, alluding to where the man and his accomplices have been operating. Police urged store owners to have their staff check the signature on the back of any credit cards, 
presented and to make sure the name and the passport and credit card presented match. They also suggested having the customer remove their face mask in order to confirm the true appearance of the persons presenting the credit card. I mean, first they want you to wear a mask, then they don't want you. Half the time when you go into a shop, the staff put on their mask when they see foreigners. So I don't know, now we have to take them off again. Police also ask staff to have the person, customer, show the SMS sent to their phone confirming the transaction to be conducted. And that is not the case for many foreign credit cards. Police also ask staff to ask the customer where they were staying so the staff could confirm by calling the accommodation venue. And this is all a nonsense. So you have to tell them now. So when you go into a shop, right? If you happen to be wearing a white baseball cap by accident, you're going to have to go in and give them basically where are you staying? What's your telephone number? Show us the transaction number, the text message to your phone. That Not all foreign cards do it like that. And I, I obviously these police have not been versed in how international visa cards work. Thai credit cards work some ways a bit like that, but certainly not international as such. Again, very vague. They don't say where the person, where they've ripped off, what shops they've ripped off, where, what areas have they been working. The only thing they have a picture of is a guy, but you can't even tell who he is. Wonderful stuff. It makes you wonder: Do they really know who he is? And and they've known this information for two and a half weeks before releasing it to the public and shop owners. Again, excellent detective work, I reckon there. But guys, there it is. That's the news today. As always. It's been my pleasure to bring you today's show and four of the top news stories making its way around Thailand. Once again, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and we will see you in a couple of days. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day and stay safe as always.